There's a word from the Lord in Matthew chapter 18. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to the gospel of Matthew chapter 18. For those who may not have a copy of the Bible or the version from which I read, the New King James Version, the scriptures will be on the screen. Matthew chapter 18, beginning at verse 1. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So let me take a few moments to speak on the subject of childlike or childish, part one. This got so good, I have to do two parts. So next week, rather than jumping into our series about heaven, I'm going to spend a second week dealing with this subject of childlike or childish. Let us pray. Lord, help me to preach. Help me to teach. Because you gave me your Holy Spirit, you've given me the ability to do that. As I submit to you, as I depend on you. Lord, help your people to hear your word today and not only to hear it but to apply it and you gave us help to do that through the Holy Spirit who works in us to will and to do of your good pleasure so Lord as we have this interactive experience today with one another and above all with you and you with us may we leave changed may we leave different May your word fill us and satisfy us to the point where we say we want more of you and more of your word. May we not go from Sunday to Sunday as the only time we hear from you, but may we give you opportunities throughout the week, if not every day, that you may teach us things from your word that no man, no pastor, no teacher can teach us. So awaken that hunger and that thirst for righteousness in us. May we all be students of your word. Thank you, Lord, that we're training children in the word. Thank you, Lord, that we're training students in the word. And thank you, Lord, that we're training adults in the word so that we can be people who can rightly handle this book and not be ashamed. So thank you, God, that we're growing as disciples. So help us through this message to stop being childish and be more childlike. For it's in Jesus' name, that I pray. Amen. You may not believe what I'm about to tell you, but every now and then, your pastor acts childish. I know you don't believe that. I, I, I know I'm growing out my gray right now. One of the sisters said, Pastor, I like the silver that I see in your hair. 
But even though I'm getting older, I can still from time to time act childish. And God confronted me last week while I was acting childish. There was something that happened <clears throat> with me and my wife and, and uh, it made me upset. I can't even remember what we were upset about. But I began to pout. Uh, I began to, to whine and complain. And my body language was, my arms were crossed. And, and the Lord, he, he just stepped in and he said, boy, why are you acting so childish? And I said, Lord, I'm so sorry. Because the time you think you've grown and maybe you've arrived, you are quickly reminded of how far you've got to go. Let a person who thinks they stand take heed lest they fall. There's still room for growth in all of us, no matter how old you may be. Now, I have to believe that I'm not the only one who visited the sandbox last week. I'm not the only one that was hanging out on the jungle gym last week or had time out last week. I know I'm not by myself. Because as I look in this passage today, I see that I had some other playmates <laughs> named Peter and Matthew and, and Thomas and Bartholomew and Philip and Andrew. There were some other playmates with me tripping out. And just as Jesus had to challenge them, he also challenges us to grow up, but not to be so grown that you stop being childlike. But to grow up to the point where we stop being childish. And oh yes, there is a difference. Look at verse 1 of Matthew chapter 18. It says, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? So we ask the question as we begin to exegete this passage, and that is, what time is going on in chapter one, chapter 18, verse 1, when it says, at that time. What was that time? Well, if we were to read back a little bit in chapter 16, Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? What's the word on the street about me? And the disciples said, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah, Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. But then Jesus said, okay, that's what they say about me, but who do you say that I am? And that's when Peter raised his hand and he said, we believe that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Peter. Flesh and blood didn't teach you that. My father gave you that insight about who I am. And you're Peter. And on this rock of revelation, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And you know how sometimes when a student gives the right answer, he or she can get a little full of himself. And Peter probably just got a little full of himself again, thinking that he came up with that. But no, he copied off of God's paper to get that answer. And so he's a little prideful. And then the Lord begins to say, well, I'm going to build my church, but I also... I'm going to be handed over and I'm going to be crucified and I'm going to die. But on the third day, I'm going to rise. And so Peter, that star pupil, pulled the Lord aside 
And the Bible says he rebuked Jesus and said, Lord, no, we, we can't let that happen to you. Now, if you're going to rebuke Jesus, you better know what you're talking about. <laughs> he didn't know what he was talking about. Peter had to wear peppermint socks all the time because he kept his foot in his mouth. And so in this part, his mouth was moving before he started thinking. And Jesus had to say to him, Get behind me, Satan. You have in mind the things of men and not the things of God. So he had just be, went from being the prize pupil to sitting in the corner with a dunce cap on his head. And so that happened in chapter 16. And then in chapter 17, Jesus goes up to what is called the mountain of transfiguration. And he takes three of his 12 disciples with him, Peter, James, and John. And if you ever notice when you read the scriptures, Peter's name is always mentioned first whenever the disciples are mentioned. So Peter, James, and John, they go to the mountain. And while they're up there, Jesus begins to shine. Uh, he's transfigured before them. And Peter gets the idea. Again, his mouth is running, but his mind is not thinking. And he says, we can build tabernacles. Because when Jesus was up there, Moses and Elijah also appeared with him on the mountain. And so Peter says, we can build a tabernacle for Jesus, for Moses, and Elijah. And that's when God spoke from heaven and said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. In other words, do not put anyone on the plane of my son, no matter how much I use them in the Old Testament. This is my son. He has an exclusive place. And the Bible says they cowered when they heard the voice of God. And then Jesus came over and touched them and, and he had come back to his normal appearance. And they came back down the hill and they had to deal with a demon, all that stuff we see in the scriptures. And then when we get uh, a little bit later uh, in chapter 17, as I believe one of the elders said earlier, Peter had to pay taxes because it says in chapter 17, they came to Peter and said, does your teacher not pay the temple tax. And he said, yes, we, we do. And so he went to Jesus and said, they're asking for the tax. Jesus says to Peter, go to the sea, cash your pole in, and the first fish you pull out will have our temple tax in it. My tax and yours, take that and give it to the government. Peter does that and he finds the coin. And so when we get to chapter 18, verse 1, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who then is the greatest in the kingdom? Because they don't appreciate all of the airtime that Peter is getting. I know we read the Bible and we don't really like to try to see the flesh of the people, but these people were just like us and they struggled with the same stuff that we struggle with. And so they struggled with the fact that Peter was rising above the rest of them. And so they got their eyes off of the mark. As a matter of fact, Mark's gospel says in Mark chapter 9, verse 33, and in Luke's account, chapter 9, verse 46, that they disputed with each other about who the greatest was. Matthew, it makes it a general statement. Who is the greatest? But in Mark's gospel and Luke's gospel, they're arguing with each other saying, which one of us is the greatest disciple? Which one of us is the greatest apostle? And they started disputing. Some versions say they argued with one another. Out of the 12 of us, which one is the man? I mean, as they're walking close to the spotlight that's on Jesus Christ, the son of God, 
They're trying to get close enough to the spotlight to get some limelight so that they can try to shine off of his glory. And so, so that, that's like when you have a famous friend or somebody, you know somebody famous, and, and when you go out with them, people are, hey, 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 good to see you, good to see you. And you just try to get some of the glory and the shine that come from hanging out with them. <laughs> that was these dudes. So the 12 disciples constantly competed with each other over which one would be the greatest. And really all that's saying, Strong Tower, is this. These were some insecure men that the Lord called. Because if you focus constantly on your greatness, that means you are an insecure individual and you are not content with what God has for you. And you have to constantly compare and wonder if you one up on someone else. Oh, that sounds like some childish behavior. And then we've got some important things happening in chapter 17, verses 22 and 23. This won't be on the screen, but let me read it to you. Now, while they were staying in Galilee, Jesus said to them, the son of man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men and they will kill him. And the third day he will be raised up. And they were exceedingly sorrowful. So Jesus is sharing some important stuff. Your leader, the Messiah, the Christ, I'm about to die. More than that, I'm going to be killed, executed. But rather than them being sorrowful for that, and it really impacts them, that sorrow only lasts for a moment because they're back in chapter 18 wanting to talk about who the greatest is. And whenever Jesus would talk about his suffering or his future impending suffering, they'd be like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what about us? Who's going to be the best? Who's going to take over? Who's going to be the man? They were very, very insensitive because they were very, very childish. So Jesus knew the condition of his flocks. He knew the shortcomings of his team. He knew how they needed to grow, just like he knows how we need to grow. And so Jesus says, I need an object lesson. To teach these boys about what real greatness is all about. So we look at verse 2. Then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted, and that word means unless you change, unless you turn around, unless you do a 180, not a 360, turn around and be right back where you were. No, do a 180, repent, unless you change, unless you're converted, and become as. The word as is a simile. So it can also be translated as like. Unless you become like little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus had to call this child and use this child as an object lesson for adults who were acting childish. You know, the Bible does say, and a little child shall lead them. And if you're teachable, you will allow your own children to teach you some things when you're tripping as an adult. But I won't chase that this morning. I'll just let that sit with you. Take that home. and obedience to the Lord in the Lord 
It's not obedience if your feet don't move. So when you say, I obey the Lord, but your feet don't move, you're just talking. You need to start walking to match the talking. And so he obeys the Lord. And Jesus sets him in the midst of them in verse 2. He puts him right in the middle of these 12 guys. So, So this boy becomes the center of attention. Watch this now. Who's the greatest? Who's the greatest? Let me grab this young child, put him right here in the center. You've got to become like this child. And so Jesus put the child in the center. Jesus promoted this child. This child may have just been playing, minding his own business, doing whatever. And Jesus says, come here. And the child stopped what he was doing and he came to Jesus. Just like to Jesus. But now that they've been walking with Jesus for a little while, doing a little bit of ministry, getting a little bit of word, now all of a sudden they're too smart for themselves. Now all of a sudden they've lost their childlike faith aspect and they're becoming childish. Isn't this something though? Once you start learning a little bit, once you start doing a little bit of ministry, you lose the simplicity of what it means to walk with God because now you're so intellectually centered. Now you're so smart and theological and and higher of, you know, kinds of constructive thinking when it doesn't always take all of that. And so Jesus promotes this child, puts this child on a pedestal right there. And that is what these guys are going after. Promotion, greatness to be in the center. And Jesus says, let me show you. I'm going to ask a child who's not asking to be promoted to stand here. I'm going to grab a child who, who, who doesn't need to be promoted to stand here. I'm going to ask a child who, who doesn't need this for their uh, uh, identity to develop to stand here. You guys want it too bad. But I'm going to teach you about greatness because greatness is like this child. And I already told you that greatness is also found in how you serve. Amen. But I'm going to call this child out in the middle. Right there. And it reminds me, when I was reading this passage this week, (laughs) it reminds me of when my father, on Friday nights and Saturday nights, uh, he would participate in a few libations. And uh, uh, he he would get a little tipsy. And uh, he and his brother, my uncle, his name was Hezekiah. Uncle Hezzy is what we call him. So, So Harold... My, my, my dad's name was Harold Emmanuel. So Emmanuel and Hezekiah, these biblical names, they also got a brother, they also got a brother named Moses. <laughs> he didn't always hang out, you know, on the weekends. But, but they would get cranked and crunk, you know, pretty much every weekend, right? This is my dad's before Christ days, his BC days. <laughs> My daddy used to like Paps Blue Ribbon Beer. Oh, man. And Johnny Walker. And, man, they, they, they get lit. And he would say, hey, son, come here. Stand right here and show your uncle that dance that you learned. Anybody ever come from that, you know, and, and you get out there and you got to do your little pop, you know, you're like, yeah, you know. Yeah, boy, do that dance, I told you. But you do that dance, boy, do the robot. And he calling out dancers from the corner. I said it was his B.C. days. But Jesus called this boy out right in the middle. Now, now think about the people who's looking at him. 
the 12 guys who are looking at this boy, they are known to not care for children. Matter of fact, when people keep bringing children to Jesus, there's another passage that says they tried to forbid the people saying, no, no, master don't want to see these kids because they weren't fond of children. So Jesus had to say to them, don't forbid them, let them come for theirs is the kingdom of God. You may not have time for children. I've got time for children. And he would pick them up in his arms and he would bless the children. So these guys didn't really like children, but the little boy didn't care about who was looking at him. And, and you got to remember now, this group of 12 people in this group, you've got some people that will cuss you out in that group. Mm -hmm. One of them got a bad mouth, he'll cuss you out. And, and he also packs a knife in that group. you got to watch out. you got one who's so cold that he would steal money from the Lord's treasury box. And one who would go beyond denial and into betrayal. So he's looking at a group of people that don't like kids, got bad mouths, carry weapons. But the little boy isn't afraid. Why? Because of who he's focused on. He ain't worried about who's around. He's focusing on him. Just like when Peter had childlike faith when he stepped out of the boat and began to walk on water to Jesus. But when he took his eyes off Jesus and began to look at the wind and the waves, he sank. So a child will keep their eyes on their father, on their master, on their teacher. And so we can learn a lot about children. This child was great in that moment because Jesus said, stand right here. Let me promote you. This child was not afraid in that moment because this child was trusting and obeying the master. And Jesus says, y'all need a refresher course of what it means to walk with me. And we don't even know this kid's name. Some of us, you know, if our name isn't mentioned, if, if people don't know we participated in it, well, that's why we struggle. Oh, no, 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 no. Do you know the greatest people in the kingdom are people you've never, ever heard of and you don't know their name? I know we see all these big name preachers and everybody's got a book deal and everybody's got these many followers on social media. Okay, that's fine. It has its place. But the Lord sees that missionary right now in Uganda who's been working with children and working with orphans. You don't know her name, but God knows her name. And she's last down here, even amongst Christians, but she'll be first up there. And so Jesus says, let me take this kid. Y'all brothers are missing it. Y'all are off the mark. And so the question I have is, after Jesus uses this child as an object lesson, did they learn their lesson? No. No, they didn't. Because a little bit later, James and John. In chapter 20 of Matthew. They're going to come to Jesus. Another version says they send their mama to Jesus. They say, Master, uh, can my sons sit on your right hand and your left hand in the kingdom? What an ask. What a request. 
And the other 10 dudes are sitting back there saying, where my mama at? Why didn't my mama come up with that? What? How did they get in front of us with that idea? And so they're territorial cats. They're, they're trying to one-up the other. But Jesus was cool with it. He says, um, okay, um, it's not for me to determine who sits on my right hand or my left hand. But guess what? You will suffer simply because you follow me and you're one of my apostles. Because they wanted a throne without suffering. They wanted to be promoted without going through. You know, they wanted the seat, but they didn't want to go through the heat that gets you to the seat and prepares you for the seat. They wanted an easy shortcut. And Jesus said, no, that ain't going to happen. My father determines who sits right here. But guess what? Y'all still going to suffer. You're going to lay your lives down. Oh, my goodness. And then later, at the Last Supper, they're in the upper room. And the Bible says in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, verse 24, after Jesus says, I'm about to be betrayed, the Bible says another dispute broke out concerning which one of them is the greatest. Jesus ain't even gone. And they're already trying to fill in his seat. Arguing. But here's how you know when you're childish. You got to hear the same message over and over and over again. <laughs> oh, this convicted me this week. Because when you're talking to children, you got to repeat yourself. Didn't I tell you to take that trash out? An hour later, didn't I tell you to take that trash out? And I was, didn't I tell you, you know, the octave, didn't I tell you? But then the Lord says, you do that with your wife. You got to keep asking her, what, what, what instructions did you give me earlier about I got to pick up the kids at what time? Because uh, I really wasn't listening. Because when you're childish, you don't listen. <laughs> Uh, you don't apply what you hear. I had to pick up my daughter the other day. She went to school uh, Friday, half day. She's starting high school. And I had to pick her up at 11.15. I must have asked my wife, now what time I got to pick her up? What time I got to pick her up? My daughter heard me asking all them questions. And she said, I'm going to text this dude so he don't forget <laughs> when to pick me up. Childish. But let somebody tell me where a new comic book store is. I'll be there. I got the address. I write it on my hand, my forehead. I'll be there. You ain't got to tell me but once. Man, this is humbling. So from the disciples, as I finish this up, we see there's a difference between being childish and being childlike. Jesus says, I want you to be childlike. I want you to trust and I want you to obey. I want you to humble yourself like this child has done. Learn from this child. Because right now, you grown men are acting so childish. And from these disciples, we see that when we are childish, we will focus on our own personal greatness. But when we are childlike, we will focus on serving others. Childish is all about me. But when we're childlike, it's about my neighbor. Help us, Lord. When we are childish, we will dispute and fight, even with our allies. So when these guys were fighting with each other, they're on the same team. I don't think there's anything more immature than watching a team fight within itself. The team on the other sideline will be like, oh, we already won this because they fighting each other. Because a house divided, Jesus said, will not be able to stand. So, so when you're childish, you'll fight with church folk. 
You'll fight with your brothers and sisters. You'll fight flesh and blood as opposed to fighting spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. But that's what childlike people do. We know who the enemy is. We, we know where the fight really is and we don't waste time. When we find ourselves slipping into carnality and fighting with our brother and sister, we're like, no, 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 we catch ourselves. And we say, this is not the fight. And I have to realize my wife is not my enemy. The enemy is my enemy, not my wife. And she looks at me and says, I'm not her enemy either. And by the way, by the way, uh, let's just pause. Whenever my wife and I have a disagreement, she always comes back to me on her hands and knees. Every time. And she says, come out from under that bed and fight like a man. I see you down there hot. Come out from under there. <laughs> you got to know who to fight. But when you're childish, you focus on self-promotion. You got to build your brand. But when you are childlike, you wait on God to promote you. Man, man, I haven't gotten this promotion at, at work yet. I, you know, I know I'm doing better than these people. I, I know our church is doing, how come our church isn't, you know, bigger or better than these other churches? You, you're looking at the wrong thing. You, 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 you're comparing, and, and, and when you compare, that's the enemy of contentment. Uh, uh, stop looking at these things. Trust that my times are in his hands. Promotion comes from the Lord, not from man. So when you're childlike, you understand the master can call you at any moment saying, just stand right here and we're going to shine a spotlight on you so the world can look at you and see this is how it's supposed to be done. But don't be trying to get into the spotlight on your own because you know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. Wait on the Lord and let me promote you so that when you get promoted, you know who gets the glory. But if you promote yourself. You get the glory and you just might fall like a fallen angel who fell out of heaven for trying to promote himself. When we're childish, we are fearful. <laughs> we're fearful because these guys are going to show how afraid they are a little bit later. Because everyone's saying, Lord, we'll never deny you. We'll never leave you. But soon as trouble came, soon as the persecution came, what did they do? They ran. So they wanted to be promoted, but they didn't want the, the weight that comes with being promoted for the Lord, which is higher persecution. They, they didn't want that part. They wanted the part where everybody knew their name, but they didn't want to go through persecution. So they were fearful of prime time persecution. Why are y'all running when Jesus get arrested? I thought y'all wanted to be great. Where y'all at? You get a lot of people like in my profession. They want the pulpit. They want to get in front of people. But as soon as hard times start hitting, they quit. I'm like, now who called you? Did God call you or did you call you? Because God is able to keep you from falling. When God calls you, he will do what he's called you to do. Doesn't mean it won't get hard because it will get hard. You will think about quitting. But when God calls you, you can't quit. But when these guys quit, just quit. I'm like, man, what happened? Oh, them bullets, man. Yeah, they fly, don't they? <laughs> you better learn how to duck and trust God at your shield. Another thing about these guys, they were childish. Because they were sectarian. What that means, they were territorial. In Luke chapter 9, they saw somebody casting out a demon. And they said to Jesus, tell that dude to stop now. He ain't with us. Because if you're with us, you can do stuff like that. But since you ain't with us, stop. 
Jesus said, man, y'all acting just like children. Because if that dude is not against us, he's with us, leave him alone. And so when you're childish, you become sectarian. Now, next Sunday, we're going to jump into the church of Corinth and just look at a few things about their childish behavior. And one of their things was they were sectarian. I'm with Paul. Man, I'm with Cephas. Man, no, no, I'm deep. I'm with Jesus. They were divided in that church because they were sectarian. But when you're childlike, you will be kingdom-minded. And you won't compete against your brother or your sister. But also when you're childish, you'll do things in your own power. And it will show up in the fact that you don't pray. Remember, Jesus says, I need y'all to pray with me. I'll run it back a little bit. The reason why you couldn't cast this demon out was because you weren't praying. And you weren't fasting. And uh, I need y'all to come pray as they about to come and arrest me. I need y'all to hold me up through prayer. And what happened? They fell asleep on the Lord. And that's what childish people do. They don't pray. They don't have strength in the spiritual disciplines. But if you ask them something about what's going on in the world, they can tell you what the National Enquirer says. They can tell you what social media is saying. But when you say, what does the Bible say? Or have you spent time in the presence of God? It's silent because you're childish spiritually. You got to grow up and be childlike. And you have to spend time in prayer. You have to fast. You have to depend on God for everything. You can't think, oh, well, I know how to do this now and I don't need God now. No, no, no. We need him. We must depend on him. So when we're childish, we'll do those things. And not only that, we'll result to violence. Again, just hurting folk. Remember when Jesus got arrested and before these guys ran, Peter cut the man's ear off. When you're childish, you want to fight all the time. When you're childish, you'll want to hurt people. But when you're childlike, you'll want to do what Jesus did and heal people. Even the people who try to hurt you. That's when you know you're growing up. When you begin to share grace with people. Oh, my, my, my. Jesus wanted his disciples to go back to being childlike. To trust and obey. As in the day when he first called them. Because when he first called them, they trusted him. And they obeyed him. But now they've done some ministry. Now people are looking at them, thinking that they're big shots. They've learned a few things. And as they're growing, watch the paradox. They're shrinking. So as they're growing, they're shrinking. And if we're honest, as we walk with God, we've been there. We're growing in ministry. We're growing in knowledge. But we're shrinking in our childlike faith and intimacy. Hold on, I got one last point to give to you, and I believe this is one of the best ones of all. To be childlike is to simply trust and obey. And Jesus is asking each one of us, child, will you trust me? Child, will you obey me? When I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. Trust me and obey me. That's childlike faith. But I got to add one more because according to Mark chapter nine, Jesus is also asking child, not only will you trust me and obey me, but child, will you allow me to love you? Will you allow me to love you? Pastor, what you talking about? Well, according to Mark chapter nine, verse 36, when he tells the story about the child in the center of the disciples, who's the object lesson, the Bible says, then he took a little child and set him in the midst of them. And when he had taken him in his arms, 
So he just didn't stand there as an object lesson. He just didn't show up to trust and obey Jesus. He allowed Jesus to take him up or to embrace him or to show love to him. So when you are a child, you need to be loved on by your parent. But when you're childish, you resist love. You question love. You're afraid of love because of what somebody did to hurt you. So you don't trust adults. You don't trust God. And God is saying one of the reasons you act so childish is because you don't let me love you. You've made your relationship with me an intellectual exercise. But I'm not only after your mind, I'm after your soul and your heart. You got to give that to me too. Oh, but that goes back to I got to trust you. And I got to obey you. Jesus grabbed this little boy and took him up in his arms. And my question is, when was the last time, child of God, you allowed the Lord to take you up in his arms and simply love on you? Just let him love you. Because guess what? Out of all of the millions and millions of children that God has adopted and made his spiritual sons and daughters, each and every one of us is his favorite. He loves each and every one of us. And we've got to wake up believing that God loves me today. And, and, and i got to go to sleep at night believing that God loves me today. And i got to live every minute in between believing that God loves me. Why? Because if I don't believe that God loves me, I'm going to live in fear. If I don't believe that God loves me, I'm going to think that it's up to me. If I don't think that he loves me, I'm going to think that he forgot about me or that he's even cruel as it pertains to things that happen or don't happen in my life. But first, John tells me that perfect love, which is his love, casts out fear. So if I stay afraid, that means I'm not allowing his love to change my life. So to be childlike, yes, trust and obey, but allow him to pick you up. And love on you. Stop trying to get his favor by what you do for him. Do for him, but realize you already got his favor because of the kind of father that he is towards you. Be freed up as you be a child for Jesus. You know, when I'm driving my car, I've got indicators in it. I've got indicators that say, man, hey, you need to put the seatbelt on or passenger needs to put his or her seatbelt on. It'll be some indicators that'll, that'll say something to them. And some of us got cars that if we start drifting out of our lane, it'll beep or make a noise or something. So we got to drift back. When we find ourselves acting childish, grown folk throwing temper tantrums, grown folk being stingy, grown folk starting fights, grown folks acting like children, the Holy Spirit is there as the indicator to say, you're getting off track. <laughs> you need to let that go. Uh, 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 come on now, repent. Uh, uh, come on, grow up in your faith, Chris. So when the Holy Spirit starts talking to you, listen to him. Let's stand for prayer. Next week, we're going to talk about the church current. Paul said, when I became a man, I put away what? Childish things. We got some women in the church that thought they married men, but they married boys. Oh, man, I should have said that. Y'all might not come next week. But uh, we got some men who thought they married women and they married girls. 
We all got to grow up. It's a new season. It's a new time. When the disciples were confronted with opposition, they ran. But when you're childlike, you stand. You'll be tempted to quit school. To say, I can't do it. It's too hard. That's childish. Childlike says, I know who called me. I know who gave me the strength. We're going to do this together. Why don't you take some time this week and just make your own childish and childlike list. When I'm childish, I do this. But I know God is calling me to be childlike and do this. Take some time. Make this message personal for yourself. And if you made a decision today to trust Jesus as your Savior, meet me right here. I want you to fill this card out for me, all right, so we can celebrate with you. If you want to know Jesus Christ and you want one of us to pray with you, today is the day of salvation. I'll be standing right here. If you're looking for a home church, because as Brother Randall said, we can't do this thing by ourselves. God puts sheep in a sheepfold. You need shepherds. Come talk to me and I'll give you this card about joining the church. And guess what? Finally, next week is baptisms. Next week is baptisms. And Jesus said, I'm going to bring a child out here because a child shall lead. Next week, praise God, all children are being baptized. Children. Uh-huh. Yeah, praise God. But I dare an adult that God has been talking to that you are a new believer and you've never been baptized. Or you say, you know what, I've been, I need to get rebaptized. What? I dare an adult to come up to me with childlike faith and say, Pastor, I want to join the children next week for baptism. It's cute when the children get baptized, but it's a commitment when the adults get baptized. Dare may be too strong for I, I want you to come and meet me up here. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time to be in your house, to be encouraged, to be strengthened, to be exhorted. Thank you, God, for the body of Christ. Thank you for your word. Thank you for being a good Good Father, thank you for the love that you have bestowed on each and every one of us. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Thank you that you did not leave us in our sin or give us what our sins deserve. You placed on Jesus our punishment. Oh God, what an amazing gospel. What great news that we're forgiven. We're made right with you. So that as we prayed earlier today, Lord, that death has no power over us because of the victory we have in our Savior. Oh Lord, continue to grow us to be childlike, to have simple faith in you, to trust you, to obey you the first time. Deliver all of us from being childish. Holy Spirit, convict us when we are, and we know that you will. I pray that we'll listen and adjust. And so as we go out into the world, Lord, thank you that you've called us to be salt and light, and church really begins now when we leave this building. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. And it's according to the power that is working within us. To him be the glory, the majesty, the dominion, and the power, both now and forevermore. And all of the childlike saints of God said, Amen. All the childish ones said, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See you next week. God bless you.